Hello. Welcome to the Ministry and Education Podcast. It's the podcast we're going to focus on different ministries people have in education and what people are doing to help public education and education in our own communities. How education to help our communities. I'm going to start each podcast with a short prayer and you know, also a short devotional. So please bow our heads and please, Lord, just guide my words. Dearest Lord, please bless my words today. Let the listener, if they get anything out of this podcast, anything out of my voice, please let it be something positive. Please guide the listener. to find the Holy Spirit in this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The devotional today is from Christian Educators Association International. It's called The More God in Education. This is a devotional that I ran into while doing research for this podcast. Uh, I found it pretty interesting. I found it a little inspiring. It starts out with a scripture and then it goes into a commentary. So, and I thought it was relevant to what we're talking about today. So please just follow along and hope you enjoy it. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Luke twelve fifteen. We live in a culture dominated by the word more. Success is not measured by obedience to God. Are by the fruit of the spirit one bears success is measured by getting more money more information more square feet in your home more friends more cable channels more members in your church more pixels on your digital camera more minutes on your cell phone more power on your computer and more miles per gallon success is often measured by meeting our own or other standards and expectations apart from God. Education reflects this. More children need to pass state exams. We need more technology, more information, more programs, more team meetings, more faculty meetings, more district meetings, more money, more paperwork, more accountability, more workshops, more, more, more. Do you hear Satan screaming like a spoiled child? I demand more. Give me more. Everywhere, everyone is rushing through life, seeking the elusive more, which they can never catch. More has become a deity, and the heart of more is greed. Do you see Jesus standing on the side of the busy freeway? He is holding up various signs as we pass. Slow down, pull over, turn off the radio and TV, put your cell phone down, turn off your computer. The cars are rushing by at such high speeds few can read the signs, few acknowledge except on Sunday mornings, that his directions are even worth heeding. Can you read his lips? He is saying, less is more. Less is more. Come follow me, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. He is asking us some questions. Does more and more makeup make you more beautiful? Does more and more food make you healthier and healthier? Does more and more luggage make your vacation better? Does more and more furniture make your house more comfortable? What are our answers? What is our response? Are your primary driven in your personal life, profession, and the community by communication with and obedience to God, or by the constant striving for more? 
What about those around you? Slow down. Take time each day to be still and alone with God. Take a real Sabbath day of rest each week. Make a list of the things that the Lord wants you to decrease in your life in order to live in greater obedience to Him. Thank you for listening to the devotion. Once again, that's from Christian Educators Association International. This was published October 11, 2016. It is part of a daily devotional. They have they have good devotions. Um, so please look into that. I'm not claiming they made that uh, devotional. So please look into that. Please follow the source. My name is Jim Fitzgerald. And I'm sure, as you notice, that's the first time I introduced myself in this podcast. And I do that just to... I try to keep God at the center. I don't do this for me. I do it for God. I come from the Delaware, Maryland Senate. Part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. And right now I'm studying to be a pastor in Pennsylvania. So why did I start this podcast? There, there is an incredible need for children and adults to have education, have access to a good education, and I want to help spread awareness of the issue and provide a spotlight on people and organizations who help solve the issues. Public education can only do so much no matter how it is built. Children will be left behind, and it's up to community to help catch them up up to the village to help catch them up it's up to us it's up to the church it's up to the people around I'm, I am a former teacher I taught US 8th grade history you know at the middle school level and you know I've spent 5 years in education 1 year teaching full time and the rest Substitute teaching. I left teaching behind for like many reasons. And one reason is I realized how limited teachers are in the ways they can help students. You know, spending 45 minutes a day with 145 different students as part of an assembly line does, does not make a difference in the health of the community. What makes a difference is one-on-one time. What makes a difference is being able to focus on building up our communities, one student, one child, one person at a time. And teachers, they don't have the luxury of doing that. It's not how their jobs are built. Teachers are limited what they can do. Communities are not limited. I did not lose my passion for helping students, but I lost the will for continual working for public education. Martin Luther was an advocate for literacy. He helped develop Bible translations in German so more people could read the Bible. The Latin language was the language of the elites. They were the, the pastors, sorry, the priests, the Pope, the cardinals. They were the ones reading the Bible. They were the ones teaching the Bible, about the Bible. And if you didn't know Latin, you didn't, you didn't know much about the Bible. You did what the church told you to do. Most people did not read Latin. They could not speak Latin. They did not understand Latin. This is a quote from the conversation about Martin Luther. At a time when most people worked in farming, reading was not necessary to maintain a livelihood. 
Beluther wanted to remove the language barrier so that everyone could read the Bible without hindrance. His rationale for wanting people both to learn to read and to read regularly, from his point of view, among the m most powerful imaginable, that reading it for themselves would bring them close to God. And of course, reading the Bible for themselves would bring them closer to God. And that's powerful. That shows that you know, education and literacy are, in, are embedded in the Lutheran tradition. It's, it's part of our duty to spread education. It's part of, do, part of our duty to promote literacy and promote reading at home and at church and study not just the Bible, but other books as well. And when Martin Luther made his translation of the Bible, he also, you know, United language. You know, Germany wasn't exactly a united country at the time. It, it was still very, very regional. Like each region didn't, had its own version of German, and peoples of each region had a hard time understanding each other. But having a common book to work from actually created the foundations of the modern day English language. Or, sorry, German language, the modern day German language. That was my fault created a united language for Germany and you know Germany is a united country today partially because of that foundation now I want to move on from the foundation and the why and the passion for this podcast and go into some of the issues and some of the areas in need I'm going to pull some quotes and just some research statistics that are from different uh, newspaper articles and some some encyclopedias and just show where the need is in the nation. Uh, from the Baltimore Sun, Liz Bo Bo Bowie, um, from her article, Baltimore students score near bottom in reading math on key and national assessment. The quote reads, in fourth and eighth grade reading, only 13% of students are considered proficient or advanced. In fourth grade math, 14% were proficient. In eighth grade math, 11% met the mark. According to the National Assessment of Educational Progress, a federally mandated test from the uh, U.S. Department of Education, that is what they scored. And I did a little more research and I looked into it a little bit more. Maryland schools are ranked fourth in the nation. Fourth in the nation. Yeah, Baltimore City remains one of the worst educated cities in America. How is that acceptable? How does anyone in Maryland feel comfortable knowing that that in one of the most well-educated states or according to a national survey one of the most educated states that they have a city like baltimore who's one of the lowest literacy rates in america why why is that why can schools in baltimore not afford to keep their heat and air conditioning working Children growing up in inner cities are already disadvantaged. And their schools there need to be good because education is the key to growing that community, to helping the community. And the schools there are a disgrace. But where's the way out? Where's the hope? Where's the pull away from temptation? Cities are full of temptation. There's drugs. There's abuse. Gang violence. All of the above. Cities. 
You know, there's so much temptation. You need a community. You need the schools. You need the church to help people resist those temptations. And it starts with the community It's and preaching. The value of education. Now, I don't want this y'all to think this is just an inner city problem. Because it's not. From the Mississippi Encyclopedia. Um, low levels of adult literacy have plagued Mississippi since the state's founding. Mississippi literacy rate decreased considerably during the 20th century. Pockets of illiteracy have endured in the state's rural, African-American, and impoverished communities. And the state currently ranks dead last in national literacy statistics. This, this isn't just inner-city problem. This is rural areas, suburban areas. It doesn't matter where everyone's at. There are terrible practices in education all over the place. And there's illiteracy problems. And... You know, poorer communities typically get ignored. And because of it, those communities stay poor. So I'm not trying to say that it's only an inner city problem, because it's not. It's a rural America problem as well. There is no shortage of problems that plague the education system in America. And I'm going to say right now, I will never claim to be able to fix these problems on my own. I'm not qualified to say that. What I can do is use my voice to spread awareness of the issues, and it takes a community to fix these issues. And with God, anything is possible. So I want to focus on a few programs today that help the community, that are helping the community. And the first one I'm going to focus on is the On Your Mark Dyslexia Clinic in Green Bay, Wisconsin. This clinic supports dyslexic students in Green Bay. Are in the Green Bay area and school district. And I was told the school district in Green Bay does not recognize dyslexia as a learning disorder. And I find that very concerning because that's illegal, according to the IDEA and FAPE. And free access to public education and <laughs> the Disabilities Act. Like, that's. I don't think they can do that. So, I. I really hope that what I said was wrong about recognizing dyslexia or not recognizing dyslexia. But I did do some research and it seems like they're looking at ways to better educate children with dyslexia in Green Bay. It seems like they're moving towards the right way. But it'll take years before it's adequate. In that time, while they wait before dyslexia education to be more adequate, um, there is the On Your Mark Dyslexia Clinic. This clinic takes place in the basement of Union Congregational United Church of Christ in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And the tutors here are paid not by the students or student parents. The only barrier to entry is a $25 registration fee. And that's great because, you know, personal tutors, they can cost anywhere from $45 to $100 an hour maybe even more than that. So to have that only fee as a barrier to this is a $25 registration fee. That probably goes to just the functioning of the program. That's great. It gives you know less advantaged people a better chance or a chance to find this tutoring, especially if, if they, this child has dyslexia. 
And you know, the website is doesn't only focus on tutoring, and the program doesn't just only focus on tutoring at all. They also educate, you know, what dyslexia is, what the signs of dyslexia look like, and how it's diagnosed, and how where you can go to find out if your child has dyslexia, if the school's missing it. If you see the signs of dyslexia and you want to know for yourself, they can help you do that. And that's important because, you know, especially when they're younger, a lot of special needs can go missed. A lot of uh, teachers, they have a lot of students. And, And you would hope that they spend equal amounts of time on every student. And I can tell you that that's not the case. Sometimes dyslexia goes missed. Sometimes a disability goes missed, and sometimes they go a long time being either misdiagnosed or not diagnosed with something that they have. And they may not find out until it's too late that they have it. Where a lot of times, you know, they get into high school and like, oh, you have dyslexia. Oh, that means they missed years of building foundational reading techniques and foundational learning to help develop their, their reading and their writing skills because dyslexia really hurts reading and writing. So to have a program like this that helps as or acts as a supplement to whatever work they're getting done in school, if they're getting any work with it done in school, yeah, it really helps. It can really help a community of especially struggling readers. I want to turn the page to some more some adult education. More locally, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, there is an adult learning center that that's run by the Presbyterian Church uh, on Pine Street. You know, many students drop out of school for many reasons, and they have to make it up uh, when they're adults. You know, education doesn't stop at 18. Just because a student drops out of high school, that doesn't mean they can't go on and get their GED. Maybe go to college. Maybe go to a, a trade school after that. That's up to them. Maybe they don't do anything at all after that. But, you know, getting the high school diploma or a GED is very important. And, and it's a great service and that they have a Pine Street. And one thing I really like about their program is that they highlight um, computer literacy. They have instruction to develop computer skills using software designed for beginners. And they use software program that focuses on the application of math and language skills. So not only are you developing computer skills, but you're developing um, math and language skills as well. And you also you have independent time to practice using computers. And there are so many jobs that require the use of the computers. This is, this is, such, this is so good. Like we assume that people gather these skills like growing up now. Like we assume that today's youth like they're growing up learning how to use a cube keyboard. They they know how to use a mouse. They know how to use a computer. That's certainly not always the case. And, and being able to use a computer is so valuable in our society now. I you know I used to work in a restaurant, and that used to be a job where you didn't need a computer. Now you do. Now you need to be able to put in the orders on a computer screen. Touch the screen, put it in an order. And, you know, that sounds very basic, 
but those are skills that you you need to know how to use a computer to have. That's the, that's how you learn these skills. These skills need to be developed. Um, there is also a lot of focusing on goal setting, learning, strategic study skills, listening and understanding instructions, organizing materials and time management, developing situational appropriate communication skills. And you know, they develop math language literacy skills as well. But focusing on situational appropriate communication skills, you know, that's being able to walk into an interview. No matter where the job is, you need to be able to communicate. Organizing materials and time management. Listening to and understanding instructions. These are all basic skills in order to use to keep a job, to get a job, and to keep a job, and to do well in the job. These skills are so important, and, you know, they don't always get this in schools. So much time is focused to passing the test, doing well on standardized tests. This test you take once every year, a whole month is focused on these tests. And that's basically what's all built up, built up to. Everyone's like, we need to do the best in the county and these tests. That's what we need to get. We need to get the highest scores in the county. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Like It's, it's the same everywhere. Like The richer areas of the country or the county or the school district they score higher on their standardized tests, and the poor errors score lower. It's it's like that across the board. It has nothing to do with the teachers. So what's most important is developing these skills, the communication skills, the organizational materials, the management, time management. Those that's so important. The fact that this adult learning center at you know Pine Street. Presbyterian Church is doing this is incredible, and I commend them for that. Um, going down to Texas, we have the Lutheran Literacy Program. Shout out to some Lutherans out there. Um, this program is out of the Missouri Senate in Texas. Yeah, they try to connect and spread books to isolated communities in western Texas. And uh, last year, in 2018, they delivered 12,000 books to different communities. And, you know, it's so hard for, you know, us over here on the East Coast to think like how spread out everything is the further you go west. Like Texas is just huge state, and like, you can have these towns that are completely isolated from each other. Towns that have that are like an hour and a half from the closest library, you know, three hours from the closest city, and and these areas are normally very very poor, <laughs> and they may not be able to afford books, and this. This program is trying to spread that. They're trying to get these books to different places. And this program mostly distributes picture books that are accessible to many ages and literacy levels. Because you don't really have to have a high literacy level to read a picture book. But you know, they also focus in, on young adult novels as well. But just to have that focus on you know picture books encourages parents to read with their children. And this is going to be a quick tangent real quick. Uh, read with your children every day for 20 minutes. Every single day. If you have children, read with them for 20 minutes every single day. Turn off the Netflix. 20 minutes. That's all you need. 
And I can't stress this enough how important this is. There is a strong link to reading with young children and future literacy. It only takes 20 minutes of your time to read to your young children. So please set aside time to do so. Your children will thank you. Like their grades. Now that ends the uh, spotlight section. Um, well, this is really just the structure for the first episode. In the future, we're going to have we're going to bring in some people, hopefully from these programs, um, to interview people remotely and talk about that lurk and let them talk about their ministry. You know, get the information right from them, it's just so we can get more of a full picture. I'm very, very limited what I can do from here. You know, I can send emails. You know, I could do my research on the internet, but you know, getting people here who are doing the work themselves, that's what I want to do in the future. Um, I'd like to take, you know, the next couple minutes to talk about standardized testing. I'm sure you noticed throughout this I've taken a lot of jabs at standardized testing. And I want to tell you that's not the whole picture. Not the whole picture of standardized test testing. Now, there is a point. And there is a reason to why standardized testing exists. And I understand it. You need to be able to measure you know, the progress of students. Is what we're doing working? You need to be able to do that. And, and I'm not going to call any teachers out. I'm not saying most teachers do this. But teachers can boost their own grades and say, Hey, I'm doing this well. Be able to show people that they're doing it well. And, you know, I'm not saying most teachers do that because I don't think that's true, but teachers can do that. And so the, having an outside test that the students take, you know, I think, I do think that's needed. However, that not, is that something that needs to happen every year? Is that something that needs to take over a school for the entire month of May? Where, you know, each grade is taking, you know, the English park or the math park. Park is the uh, standardized test we use in Maryland. And so much focus is on that. And it, it, students just get worn down the entire time. And it's, it's really silly that we have to do that every single year. Can't you just take a sample size group? You know, try to get all different backgrounds represented, all grades represented, and just, you know, a smaller sample group of the school? And do that every year or if you insist on testing every single student every single year or just you know every single student in general why not do it you know three times fifth grade eighth grade tenth grade why not why why not lessen the amount why does it have to happen every single year for every single grade i i find that i just find it rather ridiculous Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We were at 30 minutes. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you enjoyed the first episode of Ministry and Education. I hope in the future that you continue to listen. And I want to close, close this in prayer. Dearest Lord, thank you for blessing me today and blessing us as we continue to strive to a world that has better education for everyone or open education and being able to open up choices for students 
please Lord guide our ministry and guide our hope for a better world. Peace name we pray. Alright, and we will I will see you next time as we discuss the next topic. <laughs>